Welcome to Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully you'll experience one by the end of this. We've just hit a major milestone. This is our 50th episode of this podcast. It really flew by. It's been so much fun for me. And I could not have done it without my tireless and very attractive producers, Svea Baron Reinstein and Adam Howard, who are so brilliant and funny and write many of the questions and the scripts for this podcast, including this one. Is it possible for you to tell? We have beloved comedic actor Sean Hayes on today's show. As you both know, Sean has an enormous podcast hit on his hands with Smartless, which he co-hosts with Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. On the show, one of the hosts surprises the others with the identity of their guests. How are you with surprises generally? What's the best one that someone has ever pulled off on you? Well, this might not shock you, but I actually hate surprises. But I love surprising other people. (laughs) And I think the best thing I've ever pulled off, Mm -hmm. really, that my mom pulled off was for, like, my 10th birthday. We didn't send invitations. Mm -hmm. And one morning just went and picked up all my friends at, like, 8 in the morning on a Sunday. And then she brought them all to a diner to have breakfast with me. Oh. So they were all still in their pajamas. That's so nice. <laughs> so we surprised. It was like a re- reverse surprise party. That's... And like 20 years later, all my friends are still talking about it. Wow. That's nice. A real hurrah. That's a, re- that's a good one. It's hard to keep surprises <laughs> under yeah. wraps. Adam, are you a surprise person? No. I mean, it's more because I get embarrassed. But there was one right. time I had an incredible one a couple years ago before the COVID times. Mm-hmm. My wife uh, was like, oh, I got you a ticket to like a special screening of uh, Purple Rain. And I love Prince. And that's one of my favorite movies. So I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. And I had I had seen it on the big screen before. So I decided to take uh, some substances to sort of what I thought would enhance oh. the experience. <laughs> oh no. And so I did that like very quickly. And then mm-hmm. as I'm, we went to the theater, as I'm walking towards the movie, I was like, I saw a poster for the film and I thought, Oh, okay. I'll like, I'll snap a picture of this. That's cute. They put up like the vintage poster. When I look closer, I saw my face where Prince's face is <laughs> and I was sort of like, what's <laughs> happening. But I was still like affected at the time. So I was like, that's weird. And then as I went into the theater, I started seeing like all my friends and I and I came to realize that my wife had sort of booked the theater to surprise me. But I was so um, affected that I <laughs> literally felt as if I had died. And I was like, <laughs> just seeing all my friends around me. Oh, <laughs> Like it was no. very intense. It was just very emotional and very intense and very shocking because I genuinely thought I was going into like a normal movie with strangers <laughs> and that wow. I was just going to kind of like zone out in the back somewhere and then suddenly I was like on display and had to kind of you know give a speech and that whole thing that's the worst <gasps> thing about surprises is when people say speech, after, speech. just after they've surprised you say something really <laughs> coherent and meaningful that will always but it was still great yeah okay it doesn't sound great at all I'm so sorry <laughs> it, sounds it, it sounds great for everyone else that was there <laughs> what a successful surprise yeah <laughs> Wow. Um, I went to see uh, Purple Rain at the drive-in with my mom. Wow. And let me tell you something. watch with your mom. <laughs> it is not. When he starts sticking his hand down Apollonia's <laughs> pants, I, I didn't love it. It wasn't a great. I was just like, can I go? I'm going to go get onion rings. <laughs> I need to go to the concession. I hate surprises, too. This is an interesting. This is going to be a good topic of conversation with Sean Hayes because I intensely <laughs> I like to be prepared for things. You do. Such a preparer. I think in the same way that, like, I much prefer to give a gift than to, like, mm-hmm. receive one. I just like to be yeah. in control of a nice experience. Mm. In control. I We kept, my daughter just turned 16, and we kept a surprise. We're taking her on a trip, like the trip of her dreams. Well, I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. She knows now. Okay. It's, the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> we kept the surprise for weeks. We were sitting on it. And I have to tell you that, um, and it worked, and we were able to keep it under wraps. And she was very surprised. But I almost died from it, like holding <laughs> on to the surprise. I actually was made me so tense because everyone was asking me, like everyone in our family was like, what are you doing with, where, what are you doing for her? Like, what is the, your plan? What's the, what, are you giving her a big gift? Like, what's the whole thing? And I was like, well, we have a surprise, but I don't want to, I can't tell you because I feel once it's out in the ether, it's going to find its way back to her. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's going to, somebody's going to tell her. So I had to keep this secret from 
my daughter and my other kids and our entire family. It was very <laughs> difficult for me to keep the secret. And at the end, when she finally knew, I felt my shoulders literally drop. And I like, <laughs> it just added years to my life. So surprises are stressful. They're stressful even when you're, even when you're doing them. Okay, well, I'm going to talk to Sean Hayes about that. Okay, this is very good. Maybe he has a, a helpful way for you to get around it. Maybe he does. Maybe he, I hope he does. I was just wondering if in the course of his show, if mm-hmm. there was ever somebody that they surprised him with that was like, oh, I hate them. Well, I'm going to ask him that because I'm <laughs> yeah. so curious. I'm so curious about that. Okay. All right. Well, don't go anywhere because we have Sean Hayes coming right up. Joining me today is the amazing actor, producer, and now podcaster, Sean Hayes. You, of course, know Sean from his Emmy-winning role as Jack on Will & Grace, his Tony-nominated work on Broadway, and now his popular soon-to-be podcasting Empire, which includes Smartless alongside Will Arnett and Jason Bateman, and Hypochondriactor with comedian Dr. Priyanka Wally. This March, Sean can be seen on stage at Chicago's Goodman Theater, starring in Goodnight Oscar, and he's hosted for Jimmy Kimmel before. Oh my God, I feel like he's coming for my job. Let's find out. Welcome to the show, Sean Hayes. Oh my God, look who it is. Oh my gosh, look who it is back. Oh, thank you for saying uh, yes. Yes, well, who wouldn't? Oh, well, thousands. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want names. Where are you right now? I'm in my like office slash, it's kind of like it used to be a playroom. Now it's kind of like an office with an exercise bike. In what city? In, in New York. In my apartment. In New York? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. What part of New York? Upper West Side. Upper West Same. Side. Wait, is that where you... What? You are only... We yes. Are, we are minutes from each other. <laughs> Get the heck out. Okay, because your background your background looks Upper West Side-y. It does, but I'm not there now. Okay, you're not there now. Okay, that's I'm right. in Los Angeles now, but we have a tiny, 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 tiny little apartment on the Upper West Side. Oh, great. So look, we could meet in the middle for lunch. We could. Oh, yeah. this is nice. And you can you can almost dine. You can kind of like... I'll have a PA run over a menu right away. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Oh my God, it's so great to talk to you. I'm such a huge fan of yours. Likewise, Weird thank you. that we've never like run into each I other. Know, right? Now I can see at stores that we probably right. shop at. Well, Citarella. Obviously. For sure. For sure. Citarella or, or uh, what's the, what's Dwayne Reed? Whatever. Dwayne Reed. Anyway, how are you? I'm very By the well. way, how, how congrats on the podcast. How long have you Thank guys you. been doing it? I don't know. I can't remember. Excellent. <laughs> like this is, I think this is our 50th episode. This is our 50th. Oh, fantastic. So quite a while now and I love it. That's exciting. But you are now like, you're like a podcast impresario. Oh, so like a I whole... learned it all from you, lady. Oh, learned it all from you. <laughs> okay, tell me about. First, we'll talk about Smartless. Yeah, Smartless is three dumb dumbs who don't know anything. Fantastic. Who have people come on and teach us about them or life or things or whatever. This is and right. um, the conceit of the show mm-hmm. is that uh, there's three. There's three of hosts, right? Yeah. Me, Jason Bateman, and Will Arnett. Yeah. And we invite a guest that the other two don't know about, so it's a surprise when they pop on the screen. Okay. Oh my. Yeah, and then. God. That's yeah, so stressful. we ask them questions. Yeah, it, it, it's super fun because, like, I don't know, pick anybody. Like, Jason brought on Sean Penn one time, and I was like, you know, he's like, this guy, he tees it up, and then yeah. Sean Penn comes on the screen, like, oh my God, it's Sean Penn. It's so fun. Wow. And then you just have like a real normal conversation because you're not prepared. Right. You just ask questions that you've always wanted to know. And wow. That's really fun. Okay. Do yeah. you feel like, is it, well, first of all, were you friends already? Were the three of you? Yeah, me, yeah, me, Jason, and Will uh, go back like, over 20 years okay yeah we we've always been good friends and we uh used to play poker every tuesday night at kyle gasses with jack black like every tuesday night for like a year or two years and i would go tape an episode of will and grace and during the taping people would order pizzas towards the end of the night Uh and i would add hey can you add one more pizza i'd (laughs) grab the pizza and bring it over to the poker party i feel like i feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of like hollywood poker nights yeah, in different I think so too. casts, but not so much anymore. Remember when it was like huge years and years? Yeah. Ago? Remember it was like a celebrity poker showdown on Bravo. Remember that for sure. And that must have yeah. come out of all those like prior. Everyone was like, um, it's just like a bunch of guys from Mad Men, and they just like yeah. have a standing <laughs> poker night right. on Sundays. We just use their set, and we it just, just yeah, like, totally. Yeah, <laughs> but wait, yeah, remember that? And then it was like it was such a huge deal everything's in like waves and whatever oh, yeah. and trends but it was really really and then it was like people doing 
poker tournaments, which they still have, but they were on ESPN or I don't know. Totally. Some, let's just that? let's have a TV show where we just watch people play cards. <laughs> right. With sunglasses and then, on. And then, and then it was funny when like my nephew was like, I play poker too. And he was like 11. Yeah. And you go, oh, I guess there's not that much skill to it. <laughs> Wait, you mean it's not, you mean I'm not cruising toward a professional, <laughs> professional sponsorship in the yeah, world of you poker? You just kind of, right. You go, go by your gut and you just go, oh, this is a pair or a four pair or a <laughs> full house, right? We do play poker strategically in our house. We taught our kids how to play okay. and we play four things. Yeah. Like if we want to watch... Like Jason, my husband, my Jason, not your yeah. Jason, my Jason. No, you don't, you're not dating Bateman. No, he wanted to watch. Uh, he was like, I got, we have to show the kids The Godfather. Like we have to, I want them to never watch The it. Godfather. They've never seen it. It's so long. To, you've never seen it? I've never seen it. You've never seen it. It's very long. Very, very long. I know. I heard. So, so how about long. this? Quick story. Yeah. So I was doing a movie called The Bucket List. Yes. Do we, and then you, do you add applause in later? Yeah. I go, it's like, <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> so I was doing this, this the movie The Bucket List with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, yeah. and and one day it was like a long period between setups, uh, okay. you know, on the on the set, yeah, and we're all sitting in our little chairs just shooting the shit and just talking about whatever, yeah, and idiot me says, hey, while they're lighting the set, hey guys, why don't we to the crew and everybody, why don't we all play a game? And we say the name of a movie you're embarrassed to say you've never seen. Okay. Right? And I go, I'll start. I've never seen The Godfather. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of the game. Because <gasps> for the next half hour, <laughs> for the next half hour, everybody had that reaction. What you just did was like, what? You've never seen? What? Hey, Joe, this guy never seen it. This fucking idiot never seen it. What a fucking loser. You never saw The Godfather. Wait. And it was like I'm beating the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, no, guys, the name of the, the, name of the sh game is... Name a movie you're embarrassed <laughs> to say you've never seen. <laughs> and now you're just as as a, just a point of pride. You should never see it. You can't watch right. it well, now. I have to see it. It's, it's <sighs> I've heard it's fantastic. I just it just seems like a commitment. You know how it goes. You know how it ends. Like yeah. you already know. Yeah, it's not suspenseful. You already know there's a horse's head in the bed. And what else? There's no there's no element of surprise. There's a movie I'm ashamed I've never watched to the end, though I've tried thirty times. What? Apocalypse Now. Oh. Puts me to sleep. It's like a, for me, it's a sleeping It's like pill. a Sunday afternoon movie. <laughs> it is It is my actual, like, if if I'm like, I can't, I've got a real bout of insomnia going. There's two movies mm -hmm. that absolutely put me to sleep. One is Apocalypse Now. Cannot do it. Okay. Can't do it. Okay. And okay. the other is Pacific Rim, <laughs> which <laughs> doesn't make sense at all. Pacific There's just too Rim. much action. Right. Have you seen the, the Meg? Is that what it is? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's the big shark movie. Yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, that'll do it. That'll do the Wait, trick. Wait, what? Other, what? What? Like I've never seen Gone with the Wind. Oh, I think I ha I have as a kid. Well, see, if you say I think I have, then it had, then you haven't. It didn't resonate with me because you that's know, what like I'm when I was growing up, all we did was watch fucking TV. Was just that's all you did was watch TV. Everyone was like, yeah, turn the same. TV on. Here's the baby. Yeah. Put her in front. Yeah. Give her a coke. Give her a bottle of yeah. coke and put her in front. It was of your iPad. It was our iPads and that was just always on and there were like four channels. So I know right. I've watched it. My God kids have never seen Titanic. And, I, and I'm oh. like, what? You've never seen Titanic. And they're like, you know, one is going to be 20 soon. And one's gonna, oh. and I was like, wait a minute, what? Huh. And they're like, well, we know how it ends. Why would we watch it? Well, that's a good, fair point. But there's a journey to the movie. <laughs> there's a journey there's to a journey that to end. the movie. There's even a story. Though... Rose, Jack, Jack, Jack Rose, uh, Rose, uh, Jack. Uh, uh, my, I did make my kids watch it recently. They were like 16, yeah. 13. They loved it, but they were like, she could have tried harder to save his life. <laughs> she had a whole headboard of a bed. He could I know. I don't understand why he couldn't just climb he on He could have just climbed on just for a minute. Would they have gone down? But it's wood. It floats. <laughs> no. It was huge. Yeah. It was buoyant. That was, that was the frame wood. of the Titanic. <laughs> it would have been And then it was surrounded fine. by metal. Okay, so I want to... Okay, we were just talking before you came on about how stressful. I find surprises very stressful. Surprises? I hold oh, okay. them in my heart. Like, if I have a surprise yeah. to offer someone, I yeah. am so just bunged up about it. And then... If, you are, if you're giving if the surprise, giving a surprise, mean? I find yeah. it... A, like alarming like maybe it deteriorates my heart valves <laughs> i worry about it so much and uh -huh. you guys are just like you're so fun loving you're like let's do it 
Oh, the surprise of Smartless, you mean? The surprise of Smartless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have another podcast. Yes. Which is called Hypochondriactor. We have to talk about that. Yeah, well, thank you. What if you were like, that's it. That's our time. That's our time. Bye. Thank you so much. So it's called Hypochondriactor because Mm -hmm. I'm an actor who's a hypochondriac. And I love medicine. And I partnered with this fabulous woman named Dr. Priyanka Wally. Yeah. And we do this together. We've done done it for like a year now. Yeah. And it's really, really fun. It's... um, you know, I, I'm obsessed with medical stories. I think it's kind of the best part of any talk show, any podcast, anything. Like, if you have a medical story to mm-hmm. share, I, I'm always interested, as long as it has a happy ending. Right. I'm always interested in that journey, right? Because I think if I haven't had it, I'm going to get it. Okay. And, and if I hear somebody talk about it, I'm just immediately enthralled. It's exciting to hear people yeah, talk about it. Yeah, and David their... Letterman, when I do, do David Letterman, he would always ask, do you have any medical stories? He loved them, too. Really? Yeah, I think it's like a crazy person thing. Wow. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, I did notice when I was going down your list, your episode list, that a lot of people talk about broken ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Why so many broken ribs? Cupid people with broken ribs. But yeah, we have other people call in and, and tell us their stories. Yeah. But I, aren't you fascinated by that? I am. Like if I, I would say like if you say the name of a body part, mm-hmm. and I will probably have a story about it that happened to me. Kidney. So I have kidney stones, and it's a crazy story really quick. Okay. So I was doing this play called An Act of God. Yeah. It's a one-man show. It was a 90-minute monologue. And I was doing it first in LA here and then back on Broadway. Uh-huh. And uh, it was Sunday. I had two shows. It was right before the matinee. I was in my dressing room screaming. I was oh, like, what so the sorry. hell is happening to me? Yeah. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Ambulance came. I had no idea. It was the most excruciating pain in the world. Awful. I get to the hospital. kind of goes away. They say you had a kidney stone and you passed it already. Uh-huh. I was like, great. So I went back and did the second show. <gasps> what? You were able yeah. to do the second show? You weren't so just sweaty and just I was, psychologically. I was exhausted, but you know. That's the show. Must You, you got to do it. Look at Samantha, when you woke up today, were you like, yeah. I don't want to do this show. But no. you found it. You found, you went from zero to 10. Right. You picked up the pieces, you showed up. Well, when you have a show, especially a live... I love you said it's true. It's true. No, I actually was very I actually was very excited to talk to you, although I have had people on my podcast who I then caught on mic after going, I thought that was going to be terrible, but it turned out really well. <laughs> anyway, so it... Really? It's really yeah, for sure. It's Samantha B. How could it be bad? I know. But okay... Let's talk about plantar fasciitis because I think I yes. have, I think I might have it. Do you really? Well, I, have, I know all about I think it. So I think it's happening to my. So heel. here's the thing about plantar fasciitis, yeah. which is like a lot of people say. You know, if people don't know what it is, it's it's um, the arch in your foot starts to go a tiny bit flat, mm. like unnoticeably, yeah. like minusculely flat. But it can cause pain. So what you do is a lot of people go get orthotics put in orthotics. or whatever, like like custom-made orthotics. Okay. And they do help for a little bit, but what helps is the easiest thing in the world. Stretch your calves every day and it will go away. That's, I have a Pilates teacher who's like, we're going to stretch your calves. You got to stretch these yeah, bastards. That's right. And then every time I do, they yeah. seize. Stretch those dogs. Stretch those they dogs. seize up. And she goes, are you drinking water? And I go, what's water for? Absolutely not. <laughs> is it sparkling water? Maybe. Let's, Yeah. water is coffee, right? Same. Let me tell you about this. This is a brand, I have no tie to them at all, yeah. but it's called Hint Water. Uh-huh. And um, what they did was they they took sparkling water and they flavored it with like mm. uh, boiled uh, you know, fruit. So yeah. they boil the fruit or something like that. I might get that Essence. wrong. But anyway, it makes it like if you want to get off soda and stuff like that. Okay. It's a super, super flavorful water mm-hmm. that has zero sugar, zero, although it's just water. Nice. But it tastes so good. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so are you really a hypochondriac? Do you think you have everything? Oh, absolutely. Yesterday, I went for tendonitis to the doctor. <gasps> uh, I'm getting a colonoscopy endoscopy on Monday. Oh, my God. No, your first, we have to do that. Your first or your? My second. Your second. Okay. You know what the prep is like yeah, sitting on a rocket. I did one. The fluid, yeah. the liquid. Forget it. I'm taking. I'm going to take the pills. Take take the pills. I decided yeah. to do that. The next time I was like, I was like, that was so haunting. I can't ever yeah. do that again. I'd rather no. not know than do that again. It's, it tastes disgusting. It's awful. I could actually throw up thinking about yep. that beverage. <laughs> well, you know what? You shouldn't. I'm not going. Don't think to, about it. I'm not going to think, Don't about, think it. about it. But okay, so you're going in. All right. So yesterday, tendonitis. You yeah. have tendonitis. Yeah. I did a little bit in my arm right here. Uh-huh. I love that you're so fascinated by this. I am. That tendonitis because uh-huh. of emailing and texting and emailing and texting. Okay. Also, I play the piano. So I'm getting ready to do this play in Chicago and then hopefully Broadway. Yeah. 
called Goodnight Oscar, and I play Oscar Levant. And in the show, Oscar Levant was George Gershwin's best friend. And mm-hmm. they, was, he was a very famous person back in the 50s, crazy character. But anyway, he's a pianist and p- pianist, Yeah, just to be clear. Just. And uh, and so I have eight shows a week. I have to play the Rhapsody in Blue every night as part of the play. Okay. And so I started, you know, rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. And my arm hurts. Oh. My arm hurts. So I might have to get a shot of cortisone just to get through the show. That's hard. How long? Okay, we'll talk. We are going to talk about the show. How long are you doing the show for? So you really have to do it. Uh, yeah. No, it's eight shows a week. We eight open in week. March at the Goodman Theater in Chicago, yeah. and then that's it. And then it runs for six weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then um, hopefully it goes to Broadway. That would be. So exciting! I love, okay, we have to talk about theater. Yeah, do you like theater? I do you go to theater? Yes, you do. I do. Well, you have to if you live in New York, right? I do love it, and it's been very hard to not see as much of it as I have wanted. And it's so to. sad. It's really sad. It's been- I raised I raised a lot of money for for Broadway cares and and equity and stuff like that. Um, because you got to do what you, you got. We got to help those people. I know. So important. This year, it's just so sad. It's so, it's so sad. sad. You know, I, on the on the news when I saw Lion King was coming back. This mm-hmm. is like five months ago. Yeah, it was like the first show back or one of the first shows back. I was watching this. I cried my eyes out mm-hmm. just because I was like, yeah. "Thank God, people are working again." Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. It was one of. I think the first thing that I went to. Post in a post kind of COVID. Well, we're not really post COVID. Whatever. In the world of shows are back again. I went to see Tina. I went to see Tina for the second oh, yeah. time with Adrian. Yeah. She was yeah. un like incredible, mind blowing, and it yeah. was like a religious experience in the audience. Honestly, because people were so craving yeah. live performance. It really was. Her performance is transcendent, but it was transcendent as an audience member to be witnessing that. Did you see Stephanie Block and Cher? No. No. She was mind-blowing. Uh-oh. But, um, yeah, these people that can just embody oh. these other, these, Incredible. these living legends. Um, yeah, no, but it, that, that's the power of live theater. And people don't realize, you know, theater is where, theater is why we have movies and TV shows. And, right. You know, it started there. And yeah. so I hope more people start supporting all theaters everywhere, because what you're doing is you're supporting the future of entertainment. What was the first show that you went to see when you could see shows again? Oh, that's an interesting question. Oh, on Broadway? I ha- I haven't. Oh, you haven't? I haven't been back. No. Okay. I've been back for I've been back for a, a week here and there to yeah. do uh, workshops of this play that I'm doing. Okay. But I didn't have any nights free to go. Is it so fun to rehearse with actual people now? Are you yeah. like I, I can't? This is this is going to be just you must be buzzing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's super exciting. I think it helps everybody though, right? I think everybody misses the connection and. Mm-hmm. I don't know the pandemic. God, when is it going to end, Samantha? Oh, I don't. I don't have the answer to that question, but I need it to end. <laughs> what are you hearing? Anything? I'm not really hearing. I, I'm not really hearing anything. I don't because you choose not to. You close your ears. I well, you know what? I functionally did. <laughs> I functionally did in December because yeah. boy, yeah. oh boy, Omicron took me like it was like getting hit by a real sidewinder. I just was not yeah. hearing. I was not ingesting. Yeah. what was being written about it yeah it was like a part of my brain just stopped functioning right and then i mean i'm sure you remember there was that week like almost at the beginning of the pandemic where omicron just went like walloped everybody yeah and it was rough it was rough are they shutting down it's still rough is L- like what is the condition of los angeles right now you know i don't know it, it's the same everywhere in Los Angeles, I think people are, you know, following the rules. Right. So the, 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 it, it almost feels natural now to wear a mask and be boosted mm-hmm. and social distance. And if you're in line at a store or a restaurant or wherever, you mm-hmm. kind of step back a few steps. And I think it's just conditioning us to to live that way now. Yeah. But anyway. I do see a little bit of like people on the streets in New York wearing their masks on the street. And then going into a restaurant and taking their mask off. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, right, hold right. on. This is, yeah. this is working. I think there's a little gap in logic here. <laughs> but I think, generally speaking, I think people have uh, pandemic fatigue. They do. And it's completely. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk yeah. about it. So let's move on. Yeah, totally. Do you. Okay. So <laughs> I'm here for your. I'm here for your podcast. To, have you done. To uh, not bore people with. Uh, I'm filling your podcast ears with. Uh, with thoughts, have you ever done? Have you done an episode of Hypochondriactor about frozen shoulder? Because let me tell you, no. <laughs> What's frozen shoulder? 
Oh my God. Uh oh, are you obsessed with medical I'm things too? I'm a, well, I'm obsessed with frozen surgery because I had it and uh, I'm obsessed. Sounds like a drink. It should be a drink. You'd need many drinks to get through frozen shoulder. It's a brutal process. Anyone who's, it's like a middle-aged person's syndrome, which is why no one talks about it, but it's very common. Okay. And it's a, an encapsulitis of your, of the, like your rotator in your shoulder. So okay. it encapsulates your shoulder in a kind of like, almost like a silver film that you would find on a, like a filet mignon, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. And like mercury. It takes two years from start to finish it was the most excruciating pain i've ever experienced in what my life. causes it what can cause it is if your shoulder becomes immobilized in an accident or you, like you have an accident or you have a little surgery or something and you're not really using your rotator cuff for whatever uh -huh. reason or you get like you have a little bout of tendonitis so you you start yeah. to you rest your arm for too long yeah. It's yeah. this like creeping syndrome where wow. your shoulder starts to seize and you're like, well, that's uncomfortable. It must be the tendonitis. I'll rest it more. Were you, were you resting your arm so long just from not doing it anything? Freezes. That it freezes. Yeah. It takes about, it takes like six months to freeze and you don't even know what's happening. You're like, oh, oh my, my arm hurts so much when I lift it. And then it hurts so much that you see stars when you lift it. And oh, wow. that lasts about a year. And then you have to- Are you to, kidding me? Yeah, it's so bad. A year. It's so bad. Anyway, you that's just a suggestion for your... I'm just putting it out there because... Honey, it's, it's going right in the box. All the middle-aged people will get it, and no one wants to talk about it because they're like, I'm not old enough to have frozen shoulder, but you are. We're all old enough. Yeah. God damn yeah. it. Good God. Good God. Okay, so your production company, yeah, Hazy Mills, you just... Yeah. You produced... Is, was it Betty White's last show? Was Hot in Cleveland the last show? Her last show scripted was, show. Last yeah. scripted show she By was the way, on. Sidebar before we get to yeah. that. You have a very soft and soothing voice, I must say. Oh, thank you so much. I'm doing my best yeah, impression of Terry Gross. Really, <laughs> 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 it's just, you have to start it's somewhere. Really, it's really oh, nice. God, and soothing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Betty White, yes, she was a, obviously what left is there to say. She's She was a gem to work with. God damn it. Brilliant, comedic actress gorgeous funny yeah just really cool down right. to earth you know she was great and so we were lucky enough to do six seasons i think it was six seasons mm -hmm. of hot in cleveland with her and all the girls and it was it was really fun and she will be missed but you know what 99 is a pretty long run we should all be so lucky good run we should all be so lucky and she was so with it like right to the yeah. end. i mean that is yeah 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 impressive yeah for sure. How do you choose what you want to produce and what you want to work on? How do you, Sean Hayes, yeah. you've kind of, you do everything. How do you know what you want to do? Again, for the listeners, I learned it from Samantha That's B. it. I uh, teacher. So, at, uh, <laughs> so my company's called Hazy Mills Productions, which is I'm Hayes and uh, Todd Milliner. We went to college together and there were, uh, who cares about how we came up with the name? But anyway, Hazy Mills like Productions. So what we do is when we produce things, everything has to have just a hint of comedy, even if it's a drama. Right. So like, for example, we produced Grimm, uh, the NBC show for, that ran for a long time. And it was a it was a fantastical procedural show about how the grim fairy tales were actually happening. But there was just tiny bits here and there of humor, kind of like, you know who was genius at that and is a genius is Steven Spielberg. Right. Even Jaws had humor in it. Even, yeah. you know, Jurassic Park. And there there was even like two seconds of a, a levity in Schindler's List. Yeah. I think Oscar Schindler, or, or who was it? Um Oh, God, who played Gandhi? What was his name? Oh, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley, even like, he just kind of looked at him one time, and it, it was just a tiny, tiny bit of levity. Anyway, so we take that cue, and we we want to produce anything that has a little bit of comedy infused in it, as well as stuff we'd like to see. Right. So we make stuff we want to see, and that's it. And our tastes are very similar, me and Todd, mm -hmm. and we so enjoy the process. And it's so fun just, like, coming up with ideas and making them happen. Like Todd was at his apartment. I was at my house. He was taking a shower. He got out of the shower. He goes, hey, the Grimm fairy tales, those are public domain. I go, yeah. He goes, what if they were true? Mm. What if those those Grimm brothers actually were writing down true things about oh. Cinderella and Goldilocks and the bad wolf and all of that was actually true. They just kind of massaged it so kids because you know those original grim fairy tales are yeah. super dark they're so dark they're so like scary like they eat children and it's awful <laughs> yeah. 
Some of the best thinking that happens in the world happens in showers. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was at a retreat once mm -hmm. and this woman was conducting the retreat. She was super smart. And she asked the group, she's like, where do you come up with your ideas? Okay. Let's go around the room. And people are like, in the shower, in the car, in the car. Uh, you know, uh, at a restaurant when I'm standing. Not one person said, at the office where I work <laughs> right. to come up with ideas. Where I'm sitting in front of my screen, I come up right. with the most magical, fantastical right. worlds. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah. It's really interesting. I love to drive. It like unhinges or it, yeah. or not unhinges. Relaxes your brain. And... But it relaxes. You tap into a different side of yourself. You're a producer of Q-Force, right? Yeah, Q-Force is an animated series on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I came up with the idea about what if, um, what would you do with a gay James Bond type of thing? <laughs> and um, it's been tossed around. And I said to Todd, why don't we make a movie? Because there's been like, uh, you know, Mike Myers had Austin Powers yeah. and um, Melissa McCarthy had yeah. Spy. And uh, those were all such great movies. And I said, what if there was a gay version? I haven't seen a gay version of that. Right. And so he's like, well, we could spend 12 years developing that into a movie because that's mm -hmm. how long it takes. Yeah. Or we could just cut to the chase and make an animated TV show. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a lot faster. That's a lot faster. So we did that and I, I worked, uh, our offices are on the universe a lot. And so are Mike Schur, a friend of mine, Mike mm -hmm. Schur, who created Parks and Rec and uh, The Good Place. And he wrote on Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. and he's just incredible. And The Office. And so I was literally driving to my office and he was walking to his office. And I, I rolled down my window. I said, hey, he goes, what's up? I, do you want to do a show together? What's it about? I said, it's, a, it's gay James Bond. And he goes, yeah, I'm doing that show. Why wouldn't I do that show? <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is, this is fun. This is cool. This is a great idea. I have all these friends who make these things. Do you have to go into everyone's offices? Do you have to go to Netflix? Yeah, I, I, I'm an active producer, as yeah. we say. We are not on every single one because we have lots and lots of things, but as many as I can be involved with. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, you know, we, we conquer, we, we, what is it called? Divide and conquer. Uh -huh. uh, but we have great people working at my company. So it's, it's, we get a lot done with, with the brain power behind it. I like describing the pitch process because we, I do it a fair amount and I do it with my husband a lot. We've, produce stuff together um and we do like That's it's great. like a it's, it's there's a dialogue that you it's a very constructed world of like you kind of practice it's like a little play that you write between a bunch of people yeah and you perform it for these network that's people. right that's right and i explain that a lot to people who are coming up in the business i'm like well here's what pitching is like you're gonna write a, a two-hander you can write yeah. a two-hander play and be as electrifying as you possibly can in the room. <laughs> right, 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 right. Is a little song and I, dance? I, it's interesting, I find, and I'm sure you do too, that more and more people in the business have to wear more hats. Like, yeah. it's not enough to just be an actor. It's not enough just to be a producer or a director or writer or whatever. or whatever. If you want to be a creative person, you have to kind of do all the work yourself and present it to these buyers so that they all they have to do is write the check so they can have an opinion. And rightfully so, they built that that company and so they should have a say, especially yeah. if they're writing the check. But that's in my advice to people who are just starting is um, forget pitching, Right. <laughs> go make the thing. Right. Just go make it because it's just an excruciating process to pitch and sell and notes and scripts mm -hmm. and then a year goes by and then two years go by and then you're still in the same position. You have to call them and constantly plead your passion for the thing that they were passionate about two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, it's a process, but it's still fun. It's just a lot to deal with. It's still the greatest job. It's like the, the greatest job and a total privilege. Yes. But I like what you said before, sure. because I think people don't really understand how long it takes to get a movie made. Like they're not, every movie we see has basically been in development and been talked about for 10 years. Absolutely. And cycled through different like funding, like private funding and different actors and right. like so many different. And then it falls out and then people don't want to be involved yeah. and then they do. And Everybody's then they schedules yeah. change and then you have to right. rethink it with new people and you lost your funding right. for whatever reason. It's a very. And yet we still do it because yeah. there's something in it that is rewarding and. Yes. Yeah. I can't imagine doing anything else. By the way, can't do anything else. <laughs> I have no other skills. I can't do, literally can't do anything else. I'm like on my own. <laughs> likewise, likewise. And when you actually get to do the thing, even if you're 
behind. I I really love being behind the camera. I don't know about you. Do you like it? Do you like it? I do. I, I do want to direct. I'm just afraid to pull that trigger. But I, 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 since I was 20 years old, I read scripts okay. and picture mm. the shots. And so I think that's probably something yeah. in me that's saying, oh, and I've done it for years and years and years and years and years. I just never, uh, it just seems, it seems all encompass it seems like you live you do live right. eat and breathe that project and the commitment again yes again we talked about commitment earlier samantha i think commitment. it's a through line theme of this episode as it, it is and then they go we didn't make our day that's your fault yep <laughs> <laughs> that's all on you we're yeah. 300 and then 000. you have to re <laughs> yeah you have to reschedule so yeah it's a pain in the ass You've hosted the Tonys. Yeah. I find that that seems terrifying. <laughs> thank, thank, it's a, hosting anything is a thankless job. That's yeah. why I think and award shows seem to be less and less. Uh, they they seem to draw in less and less audiences. Right. According to according to that sure fresh data system called the Nielsen's. Oh, never <laughs> never more fresh. <laughs> Very up to date. So contemporary. Yeah. Have you ever hosted anything other than your show? Have you hosted no. awards? I well, thing? I have, but not. Not televised ones. I think I've done like little, like smaller mm -hmm. kind of hosting gigs. And even I find that quite terrifying. I'm terrified. I think it, it's good to experience terror. It keeps you yeah. alive. It keeps the blood but, pumping. But, but now if some, by the way, you'd be amazing at, at that. Um, but now it kind of, I think the nerves for me would go away because... <laughs> You walk out there knowing nobody's watching and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing this for me. This is a play we're putting on for our parents in the barn behind the that's, farmhouse. <laughs> that's what it would feel like, I imagine. Because, you know, Oscars are great and they we need to celebrate people who need to be who deserve to be celebrated. Yep. But at the same time, it feels like Nobody's watching those movies, those great movies, and right. how do we get them to care? So I, I don't know. I have some suggestions for how to scale down the evening. Please. Because I actually, I do too. you know, that's as a, you know, we share this ability to produce things, yes. and I have a strong desire to just get my fingers in there. Yes. Tell me what. Tell just, me what. You got to tighten it up, folks. You got to make it like we're not, it's not the days of yesteryear where we did, right. you know, we don't have the brain capacity to yeah. watch all of the tributes and you want to give everybody a little tribute, but it's just got to be shorter. It's got to be shorter and tighter and it could be funnier. It could be better. Yeah. And God love the people who come out from the accounting department oh. or whatever to explain the yes. evening. We need them. We love them. Love them. I, 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 I don't know. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. which is often the case. I just question how much the audience wants to see that. I am with you. I don't even think we need to question it. They don't want to see it. And also, it's not a law that we have to see it. It's right, the right. Academy. It's movie right. voting, okay? Well, how about the Golden Globes came and went this year because <laughs> they weren't televised. They yep. weren't, it wasn't a ceremony. They just kind of yeah. called you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hey, congrats. You won an award that no one yeah. is thinking about whatsoever, ever, maybe ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was that uh, the people probably were like, you know, checking their voice messages. Beep. Hey, this is the Golden Globes. You won <laughs> best actor for blah, blah, blah. Call me back. Come back if you want. Like, whatever. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. You won a Golden Globe. <laughs> we like you. <laughs> Do you, you grew up with, you grew up with a lot of siblings. Did you all watch TV? Did you all watch comedy together when you were growing up? Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in chaos. My dad left when I was five for my mom to raise five kids by herself. And um, so there were, my mom is the greatest mom to ever live, but she had to work. Yeah. Right. So we kind of figured out how to parent ourselves, but I would always, I watched Three's Company and I thought John Ritter yeah. was the funniest guy funniest. ever. With the physical, yeah. the physical, like when he'd fall over a couch or whatever, yeah. he was so funny. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, we watched, we've watched tons of Brady Bunch, but you know what we watched over and over and over again? Grease 2, the oh. sequel to Grease. Because it was right when, I don't know, I don't know if it was HBO or whatever, okay. some kind of cable channel had limited programming. So they would play Grease 2 over and over. Grease so we would, we just, it was, we just learned every word to every That's song. So funny. Did you ever 
Did you ever watch it? I've definitely watched Grease too, but Grease is my movie. Like I worshipped Grease. Like, really? oh boy, when it came into theaters, because I grew yeah. up in Toronto, it played only at a very small theater and my mom was very counterculture and I was like, please, and I'm an only child and I was like, please oh. take me to Greece. Please, you have to take me to Greece. And she was like, I don't like these mainstream movies. This <laughs> she was like, I can't afford to fly there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. This isn't my jam. I'm into tubular bells, man. And <laughs> <laughs> she she went with me. And I got to tell you, it was like life. I mean, a life changing experience for me. And then she just made fun of me relentlessly. But I continued uh, to love I I still love it. Did you get the album? Oh, Yes, I had the yeah. album. I did all the music. You know, I just in in a lot of ways, I just relived. You just relive the movie again and again. When especially when you only see it once, it's yeah. so magical. It's and loose. now if you look back, it's got a horrible lesson. Horrible. Oh yeah, change yeah. yourself to be what your boyfriend wants you to be. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Isn't that awful? <laughs> so they all have terrible messages. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. I mean, terrible. You take a pure, you know, gorgeous soul. Yeah. And just, <laughs> like Sandy. And you she just has some tight pants. Put a cigarette in her mouth and some leather pants. Leather and, yeah. pants, high heeled shoes. She doesn't yeah. even like them, but she's doing yeah. it for him. And he's yeah, like, she's the one he wants. And he's not even really thankful. He's like, yes, this is what I deserve. No, well, not now. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are excellent at piano. Thank you, Samantha. How long did you study piano for? Uh, I studied about. 15 to 20 years okay. something like that and uh, i started when i was five. Oh, this piano teacher moved in across the street from me and mm -hmm. she was great her name was sandy holland oh. is that right yeah and she was great my mom was like hey this woman moved in across the street mm -hmm. she teaches piano do you want to take lessons and I, at five years old i was like what else am i doing sure right i'm All not right. doing anything <laughs> i mean i have an hour to kill <laughs> will my son ever like it because i make him do it and he doesn't you do yeah i do how old is he He's 13 now, and he's getting pretty good. Classical or jazz or all of it? Classical, like, like you know, piano lessons and stuff. Yeah. He's doing yeah. a Bach song now, and I'm like, listen, it doesn't seem fun now, but let me tell you something. You're going to love that I made you do this when you're 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what? When I was going through it and taking lessons, and I got out of gym class in high school mm -hmm. because I was competing and, and um, you know... Well, you compete in competitions, the right. word is the same. <laughs> but people used to say to me, you know, please stick with it. I played the violin and I gave it up. Or, you know, I played the drums and I quit. Or I played whatever right. and I quit. And I was like, maybe at such a young age, I was like, maybe there's something to that. Like, maybe I need to listen to these people and stick with this thing. Right. And so I did. And it was, you know, oh my God, the rewards were huge. It just really defined me and and music, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, is a language. Right. And it, it opens up part of your brain that opens up other parts of your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's like a Pandora's box. And it's just so fulfilling and rewarding. And I have to tell you, from a parenting perspective, if I had kids, I don't. I would teach them. I would, I would actually, like you're doing, <laughs> force them to at least try to take a lesson. Because what it does is... It sets goals without them knowing it. It teaches your brain to set goals. Right. So my piano teacher would be like, here's, you know, just for next week, just next week. You don't have to learn this whole piece. Just learn two bars or two, you know, or learn one page or two pages, not the 30 pages. And I was like, okay, I can wrap my head around that. And then you would learn it and you're like, oh my God, what's the next part? And you learn right. that. And so it teaches you that skill in an early age. I think Sorry for the long answer. No, no, no. I think that's great. I'm going to play this back for him. And it also gives you an accomplishment because once you once yeah. you achieve, once you understand how to play a piece, you have that. It's in your that's repertoire. Right. Almost nobody else can do it. That's and right. You have and, this and, thing. and it gives you, that's the other thing. It gives you, as a child, it gives you that sense, what you just explained, which is I not from an ego place, but you have like, wow, I can do something nobody else can. Yeah. And it builds confidence yes. and self-esteem, especially like me, who was... A, a gay kid with no, so poor, mm -hmm. nothing. And uh, it gave me that. And it, it it taught me to strive for more. I love it. Okay, this has been, I have enjoyed talking to you tremendously. Well, likewise. Oh, Lord. All right. So for our listeners, they need to check out both of your podcasts, all your shows, your show in Chicago. When does your show start again? 
So we start rehearsals in February, but February. we open at the Goodman Theater, Goodman Theater. in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, in March. You can go online. It's called Goodnight Oscar. Okay. Goodnight Oscar. And and sorry, one more time. Yeah. The podcast yes. is Hypochondry Actor. Hypochondry Actor. And Smartless, of course. Love it. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Fellow Upper West Sider. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to see you at the store. Uh, For sure. Don't ignore me. Oh, my God. He was great. What a nice human being. (laughs) No surprises. (laughs) He's so fun. What a great guy. Yeah, we only book nice people on this show. When I we try love to. nice people. Yes. <laughs> nice people okay. are the best. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, so as you know, Sean has starred in a revival of his hit sitcom, Will and Grace. And in mm-hmm. recent years, so many beloved shows have done reboots or remakes from mm-hmm. Murphy Brown, Full House, Roseanne, Saved by the Bell. And now apparently the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is going to do one. Oh, my um, God, really? And we were wondering if some of, of these classic shows we're about to talk about came back to air and you had an opportunity to star in them. Mm-hmm. What role would you play and or how would you update the TV show? Okay. So maybe you're the producer and you you kind of can shape how it's going to be. Okay. All, you know, all options are possible. So the first okay. one is um, a great show. Okay. Uh, Cheers. Oh, I support a reboot of Cheers. <laughs> I don't want to be in it, though. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be in it. But I, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like they Same could just do a, or new people. Would it, could it even does it even <laughs> is need anyone to be? left? Yeah, everyone's all left. Still alive. All right. Yeah. But then you got to deal with Kelsey Grammer. Oh, you got to deal with Kelsey Grammer. You can't have Kirstie Alley. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. But Shelley Long it would be great. Ted Danson is, like, killing it out there. That's true. He's, like, in his prime now. I feel like you could just do... You wouldn't even have to do a reboot of Cheers. You could just do a continuation. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. I mean, it really would work, as is. Just, like, you know... Cheers. The the later years. <laughs> they should probably stop <laughs> drinking. Just <laughs> they're all just having decaf tea. <laughs> totally. All right. What about the Golden Girls? A favorite of yours? Oh my god, I love the Golden Girls so much. Can you mess well, with perfection? You can't. You should not reboot the Golden Girls. You should not. I mean, too many people are gone. The, you know, the, too many people are gone. You're not going to do, you know, don't pull a Ghostbusters afterlife. You're not going to have <laughs> the ghost of B. Arthur. Oh, and now, Betty White. like, no, no. I feel like that is perfection and just needs to live in its own. It just needs to be like it put the cap on it and, and let it be a time capsule. I mean, it it's not even a time capsule, really kind of kind of holds up because old people still dress the same way. So the fashion, <laughs> the home decor is the same. That's so true. Yeah, you turn 80 and you're sent a stack of house coats to wear. <laughs> it's literally seamless. And all of the wallpaper with those big, like, palm fronds are very, like, that's very, very uh, chic right now. Everybody's doing vegetation on the walls. So the, <laughs> the lanai is perfect. The furniture stands. It's quite timeless. Nice. I bet they mm-hmm. will, though, at some point, just because there's no IP that will not be... There's no Take IP that pe- yeah that people will not trample, and they <laughs> should not. I have we not. Anyways, yeah. nostalgia. I have a whole. I have just a lot of thoughts about nostalgia. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, a good segue into this next one because okay. a lot of us, myself included, still cling mm-hmm. to some semblance of nostalgia for this show, mm-hmm. despite everything. Uh, and that mm-hmm. is the Cosby Show. Okay. Is there any way? 10 out of 10. No notes. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking you could do like, I mean, it'll never happen, but you could do like the Huxtables because I feel like we like the Huxtables. We just don't like Bill Cosby. You know, so there's some show where it was just like Felicia Rashad and Theo and, and the gang. And dad's just like, we don't talk about him. <laughs> we don't talk about dad. <laughs> we never speak of him. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if it's just like Theo. And now he works for, now he's taken over Gordon Gartrell's design line. And he... <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Too hot a potato. <laughs> Too hot a potato. All right. Well, we can come back to that in a few years. Uh huh. <laughs> Toss it back. What about uh, what about the Brady Bunch? Oh, the Brady Bunch. 
I mean, the reboot movies, the Brady Bunch movies were great. So as a TV show, is it necessary? Are any of these things necessary? (laughs) The answer is no. I feel like the movies did what no TV show could do. And you could make more of the movies. I fully endorse that. I don't think it needs to come back in TV show form. Fair enough. Agreed. Okay. Uh, and this last one, it's funny you mentioned the movies because there is a movie out right now about this show. Um, but the classic, I Love Lucy. Yes. Well. Um, <laughs> Your answer is just a yes. Do Are not. you trying to search for something <laughs> yes. polite to say about being the Ricardo? I was. Um, <laughs> but I can't find it, so I'll move on. I can't, I can't find it in me. Uh, I think, again, I well, listen. I don't, I'm not that nostalgic for the past. I think we are, need to be future thinking. There are more stories to tell than the stories (laughs) we remember from childhood. So I do not endorse a remake or reboot of I Love Lucy, unless it's with the ghost of Lucille. Like no one who, there's, there are people who could do a facsimile of I Love Lucy. It's of a time. Yeah. It's of a time. I don't. Yeah, the gender politics are pretty rough on that show. <laughs> do not endorse. Do not actually. The more I'm even, even remotely thinking about it, the more repellent the idea is to me. It's actually making. It's giving me. It's making my forehead crumple. Cannot do it. Future. I have to think ahead. Oh, there goes my light. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little light set up and it just fell down. That was the ghost of Lucille Ball. <laughs> Going, Honey, Knock you don't need these. Knock it off. <laughs> anyway, is that okay? I've I've aged myself. I've youthed myself. I've done it all. Surprise! I'm very stodgy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I hope you like my podcast. If you did. Let me know in the comments. If you didn't, please consider hate listening in the future. Seriously, though, please rate, review, and follow full release in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Go up to the mountaintops and shout our name. Tell everybody about this podcast. In the meantime, keep sending us your comments and questions to full release at sambi.com. They might even be featured in one of our special bonus episodes exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. Don't forget to tune into Full Frontal with Samantha B. Now on Thursday. Thursdays, Thursdays at 10 p.m. on TBS. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another full release. This podcast is brought to you by Earwolf and TBS and was produced by Adam Howard and Sophia Baron Reinstein with IT and technical production provided by High Tech. It was edited by Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. Well, we've disparaged everyone. Shall we record? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>